Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, welcome to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, the podcast that the Holy Spirit impregnated your mom with involuntarily. I'm Tori, <laughs> and yeah, I used to be a Christian, I'm not anymore, but I like reading the Bible because it's, I don't like reading the Bible. There are interesting things in the Bible, and that's why I have this podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a co-host. Yes, thank you, thank you. I, uh, that that intro took my breath away, and I, I don't, I don't know that I remember my name, uh, so <laughs> just as the Holy Spirit just, intended. I was just, saying, just as just as the Holy Spirit intended. Yes. Um gosh, wow. So many places I could go with that. Anyway, so thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh really appreciate it. We're just yeah, former evangelicals that are am- amused by the Bible, and we hope you are yeah. as well. So before we get too much further, I did want to say though that we this episode and other episodes, but this episode is sponsored by the Our Bible app. So I don't know if you knew that, Tori, but the Our Bible app sponsors this episode, and we're very grateful for them. Yep. You'll yep. hear more about it after the break, but just wanted everybody to know that's who's sponsoring us this episode, and it, it's a great app. It really is. If, you, if you're like us, if you're amused by the Bible and are interested in it, and also mm-hmm. want to hear takes that are just not what you were given your entire life, mm-hmm. you should check it out. So yes, here's here's something that I found. You know, we've left evangelicalism, and one thing I miss about evangelicalism was just how consistent their ethics and morals are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's it's the season of giving. It's the season of um, of Jesus. You know, being born to to die. And I just I just I feel like I I, I like that consistency that evangelicalism uh, g- gave us. Um this ethical foundation that is just so pure and so solid. You can solid. build your life on it. You really can yep. build a life on it. You can build an income on it for sure, which is what I believe. We're 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 on the wrong team. I got to be honest. I, yeah, we <laughs> jumped ship too early. Um so um to Bridget 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 Ziegler famed Co-founder of Moms for Liberty and and bastion of what moral. Is, what is Moms for Liberty, though? Oh, Moms for Liberty. For those of you that maybe not don't know, Moms for Liberty is a political action group uh, of moms for liberty, uh, mostly MAGA, Trump stands, crunchy, QAnon adjacent, if not fully mm-hmm. QAnon folks. Mm-hmm. They have tried and thankfully unsuccessfully in a lot of places to uh, run for 
you know, it, it's mostly activism at the local level, which honestly is what mm-hmm. most of us lefties should be doing. Uh, and we don't do enough mm-hmm. of, but yeah. mostly running for school boards, I, I guess to ban books and gay kids, I think is really mm-hmm. the, the point the of Moms for Liberty. Bridget herself, again, completely consistent moral person. Can't emphasize this enough. As the people who scream the loudest, you know, typically are. Yeah, screamed the loudest in the state of Florida. Uh, she's on a school board in Sarasota, where as well as other places. She's, you know, her she and her husband are very politically active in the Republican Party in Florida. Was a very loud supporter, if not, I don't know if she was involved in the framing or the writing of the "Don't Say Gay" bill, but a very big advocate and supporter of the "Don't yeah, Say Gay" bill, which essentially removed support of you know lgbtqia students in florida schools as well as many other things Um, we've covered it before we don't need to cover it again and and, you know again like i said that those that consistent morality i missed so much in evangelicalism showed up in bridget zeigler in basically um showing that they have no moral or ethical framework um So Bridget and her husband, as a good, upstanding, um, straight, white, heteronormative couple does, they had a third involved in their bedroom on at least one occasion, if not numerous occasions. And that's now come to light. Again, I don't think that there's any problem with having a third person in your bedroom or a fourth or a fifth, if you wish. Um, As long as everyone's consenting adults, go for it. But I, I would suggest not doing that while you're also trying to remove rights from anyone else that may want to do that or so i don't know what do you think tori yeah i agree i agree so the consistent moral framework that i grew up with that i just missed so much is the complete lack of (laughs) consistent moral frameworks Yes. Yes. The old, this is, this was the only constant was the rules are supposed to apply to like everybody else. Mm-hmm. People with power don't have to abide by the rules. That's why would you, why would you have power otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, it's kind of hard to parse out how long they, uh, this little relationship thruple situation was has been going on, but Bridget wasn't found out until the, third person in their relationship accused Bridget's husband, ironically named Christian, of rape. Mm-hmm. And she went to the cops and there was a whole situation. But because, you know, because of the way that the laws in this country work, we now all know this yeah. <laughs> about about Christian and Bridget and how they're godly couples who have threesome and commit sexual assault. Bridget was not accused of that. She was not there. Yeah, I actually at the think time, that, just to be clear, that the the victim did say that there were a few. There was there were times that she backed out of dates, basically, um, because mm-hmm. Bridget was not going to be there. So right, which implies to me that there was some form of long, not long standing, but a relationship that it, it wasn't just a one time thing. Yeah, yeah. They said, I mean, according to according to the dude in this relationship they've known each other for like many decades so yeah anyway so uh the person who is trying to weaponize any like tiny bit of like fame and well right-wing fame echo the echo chamber Mm -hmm. right-wing fame and and political power that she can to make queer kids feel 
awful and less supported and more picked on and more dehumanized. Mm -hmm. She's also out there being just queer as fuck herself. Yeah. And and that's, that's the thing. Like I right wing folks, like, I mean, there, there's plenty of hypocrisy to go around in politics, but it's just a unique kind of hypocrisy to actively try to back legislation that harms yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to try to psychologize Bridget and her, I'm assuming, bisexuality. But at the same time, it's it's really kind of weird to be like, I, I'm actively going to harm this community of which I am a part for political clout, for fame. I, I mean, I, I don't make it make sense. I don't. <laughs> You know, it's okay. Can it's, I? Can I? It's kind of like ahead, a. It's ahead. kind of like that. You know, um, poem about like you know, like first they came for the socialists, but I said nothing, but because I'm not a socialist. But it's kind of like first oh, they came okay, for me yeah. because I wrote laws against me, and <laughs> I, and, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to put something. I want to put an idea out, and I think we've probably ag- agreed on this on here before, but. Just because I think it, I think it was like a week or two ago, somebody, this Christian nationalist pastor who's running for, I, I don't think he, I don't think he won. I don't think that the, I don't think that the election has happened yet. Maybe, God, now I can't tell. I can't tell. Anyway, so this dude, Dusty Devers, who's was running, might have won Oklahoma Senate candidate as of a few last week. <laughs> he's trying to, he's running on a platform of banning a lot of things, including no fault divorce and pornography. Mm -hmm. But when you listen to him talk and like, when you listen to like the tone of his voice and how riled up he's getting about how important it is to ban pornography. I think that what he's saying is I need to not be able to access pornography because I can't control myself. (laughs) You need to stop me. (laughs) Right. And I think that there is a really there's a really interesting issue with like the framing of humans are evil, right? Because then you've set that as the baseline and people don't have to like when they do something that they consider evil, like consume pornography, which is not inherently evil as long as it's ethical, which frequently it is not. So have to be aware. Anyway, when you're doing something evil and you've been coded your whole life to be like, I'm an evil person, like, I'm dirt. I can't do anything on my own. I can't do anything without Christ in my life and God keeping me on the straight and narrow and my covenant eyes app that my four-year-old is my accountability partner on and like all this different shit. Yeah, I think that they I think that they want the laws to be in place to constrain themselves. They can't admit that, mm-hmm. right? But I think that they want some sort of other external pressure on themselves because I think especially for like evangelicals and like you can disagree with me. I feel like for a lot of evangelicals, the reason they're in that space is because they can't regulate Mm -hmm. their behavior without an external extrinsic motivation. Right. Yeah. That, and, and then they come to us and they're like, well, how do you keep from raping and murdering everybody that you see? If you're an atheist, because you have no moral compass. (laughs) It's like, why, why do you want to rape and murder people? Yeah, I, I, like, I, what is wrong I have with you? no issues with this. <laughs> like, I, I know. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, like I've said it before on the podcast, I rape and murder exactly the number of people I want to, which is zero. Like, like it's, it's like, it's, it, I don't have this issue. Yeah. I, I do. Th- I, I will say that the, in some ways the, like, 
I'll even say in, in church spaces in general, I think for some people that do kind of stumble into a church completely lacking, you know, control over their lives, I think the church in when it's operating at its best can offer a form of stability for that and can offer a, a right. form of safety, a form of community that that can a community that can surround you very quickly. Mm-hmm, and totally. and has you know and sometimes the resources to actually get someone genuine help and so I think in that ways it can be good but then when theology creeps in that says like yeah you are evil you are bad you you know of course you can't control yourself you know and then and I I think in and and again I've I've not I mean I've experienced you know temptation or whatever in these spaces and I do think that you do you, it does it does create a certain kind of self loathing. And a certain mm-hmm. kind of and and a certain kind of envy or hatred towards those that live outside of the community and can live maybe how you would want to or how you're quote tempted right. to you know people that can live openly as a bisexual or can live openly as someone who's LGBTQIA or <laughs> can live openly as you know whatever identity if I don't feel like I can do that even though I want to right. do that. If I'm an, you shouldn't be. I'm not a healthy to. person. Then yeah, I'm going to try to make sure that you don't get to do that. Because if I can't do it, no one should be able to do it. If I can't do it openly, right. no one should. You know, but it, that that's a short term game that will find mm-hmm. you out eventually. You know, because you you yeah. shove that stuff down, it doesn't go away. Right. Uh, you know. Right. Like it just it, you know it grows in the dark. And I think that like evangelicals do have. Or, and, and conservative people more broadly, at least according to the data, do have like tend to have these sort of like deeper connections with other people. Um, and I think a lot of that is church, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think a huge amount of that is church, right? When you were with people like two to four times a week, <laughs> like not including whatever you're doing for fun, like as, as some sort of obligation. I think that, that like really does build some sort of like connection the issue for me at least is that it's like you're not in in evangelical spaces you're not being given tools you're not being taught how to use the tools that you need to overcome your pornography addiction or whatever the thing is Mm -hmm. right like whatever it is you personally want to work on because like i don't know if you feel guilty about watching porn like i would say talk to your therapist but if you really are like this isn't good for me i shouldn't be doing this okay valid but like the church well, you're going to have a support system. Like they're not, you're not being taught how to handle this on your own. You're Mm. not being given the skills. You're not being shown the skill set that you need and you're not being given tools (laughs) to like help yourself work through this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that that's kind of, well, I think that's the downside of, of the system that they have set up. I think that Bridget Zeigler and Christian Zeigler are a perfect representation of what happens when your policy is don't say gay like mm-hmm. like it you know or or just say no or you know you know like that's that's this is what happens you know if you yeah. you know because then if you can't live openly and freely you're going to live in the dark and mm-hmm. in the dark is where shit happens you know like a lot of times like yeah. it's like it's because uh-huh. because there is there are no guidelines then there are no right. wise people right. to come and step in and say like, hey, this is this is how you this is a better way to live. 
this is what mm-hmm. a good ethical framework looks like for this particular totally. you know situation. Totally. Or like here is how to engage with like a third person in your relationship mm-hmm. in a way that's respectful and consensual. But again, it's like there's no there's no conceptualization of consent even. Yeah. Right. So it's like you're not being given the tools you need to live the life that you want to live in a way that isn't harmful to other people. Mm-hmm. It's 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 odd. And so of course you're going to harm people. Right. You know, and yeah. And I'm I not in you know, they're both being pressured to resign their positions. They're both refusing to resign, you know, in in some ways they're like, This has no bearing on my whatever. It's like you're again, like, you know, and you and I were talking before we started recording, like, you know, Bridget Ziegler has gotten people removed from school boards for much less through harassment and intimidation and you know bombs for liberty is not known for being a kind organization to people that disagree. no they harass people and threaten people out of positions and like that's what they do the tactics are dirty that's right that's their tech yeah that's their tactic so like it's just it's funny when it's like huh you know we're in the find out part of the fuck around bridget and you know, this is she should be removed from all of these boards, you know, mm-hmm. not because she mm-hmm. did any she personally like her husband. Yes, right. did something wrong. Right. I don't know yeah. that she personally did anything what I would consider morally or ethically wrong. Right. May, we, facts may prove me wrong or right in the next few weeks. I don't know. But what you are doing outside of your bedroom is what makes it morally and ethically wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, when you are mm-hmm. actively advocating against people who are bisexual actively advocating against people who are LGBTQIA. Right. Like, like accusing, like accusing like trans teachers of committing rape while your husband is a fucking is a, rapist. Is a rapist. Like that is what you are doing. And, and it strains, and you know, it strains credibility for her to have had no knowledge of that whatsoever. Like possibly I'm not going to accuse her of that, but it's also like, Mm, it doesn't seem very credible that you had no idea that any of that was happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Moms for Liberty, a trash organization run by trash people. Um, who would have thought? <laughs> Again, it's that consistent Shocking. morality that we appreciate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so on a lighter note, do you want to talk about Christian nightclubs? Christian nightclubs. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you're wondering what to so- do this holiday season... <laughs> <laughs> we have a, we have a choice for you to not attend a thing. Christian nightclubs like, has come up before at least one other right. time, and right, it's it's becoming a thing now. I think it I think it breaks my brain so much that I block it out. I'm like, this doesn't happen. No, <laughs> you know, it's I mean, okay, so to me at least, it's like the idea is it's 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 like an underage club, but for people in their thirties. Yeah. <laughs> Which is better than like someone in their thirties going to an underage club. I'll give you that. Fair, <laughs> fair. Anyone, I anyone don't... above the age of, I would even say twenty-eight going into a twenty-one. No, no. Oh God, no. Too Sorry, much. I was too thinking far. twenty-one, twenty-eight. No, I'm gonna say twenty-two. Maybe if you're in twenty-two mm-hmm. going to a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, even if you're twenty-one going to. A- <laughs> underage club i mean i get it if like all of your friends are younger right yeah, I or get whatever that. i get that but like otherwise it's it's yeah it's real real weird but yeah so i guess there's there's this couple in la um who were talking to god and god was like oh hey you need to start a christian nightclub 
what is a Christian nightclub? Uh, they're not going to have alcohol. Well, apparently. It was, it was the funny thing about the whole advertisement, TikTok, whatever it was. I don't know. That was like, Christians have nowhere to go. <laughs> like whose fault is that? Yes. Like, <laughs> like first off, like, and I'm not a big <laughs> evangelist. Okay. But as I understand the Christian religion, and I understand it deeply. Like, you're not supposed to have your own places. <laughs> you know? Like, to just privately be Christian. Like, this isn't like a nudist colony, okay? Like, this is not like... Okay, I would get with a Christian nudist colony, uh, though. Fair. Um, but, like, but this isn't like a, like, oh, we got to practice in private. <laughs> like, no, it's like... <laughs> it's You're supposed to be out in the clubs. Like... Being 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 a good witness, yeah, being for a good Jesus. witness, not in your own club with your own. I don't know. Like, isn't church a Christian club? Like, I'm sorry. Like, it. Why do you need more places? They've already colonized yeah. coffee shops completely. If you go to any coffee oh shop in the United God, States I between the hours of I six a.m. and ten a.m., it's going to be nothing but Bible studies. Like, uh huh. So you've already taken those. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Can I start? Oh my God. Can I start like an atheist slash Satanist coffee shop, please? <laughs> like yes. you're not allowed to read your Bible please. out loud I, in this establishment. We will throw you out. I am neither a Satanist nor am I an atheist, but I would, I would go to this place. I would fund it. I would open one myself. Like, right. I, I can't. <laughs> we would call it just fucking coffee. Like, <laughs> Oh, I was just going to like change the put little devil horns on the Starbucks logo and change it to Satan Bucks. Mm-hmm. Satan Bucks. Yeah. Like you can't come in here. Mm-hmm. You'll be possessed. You'll be possessed by our demon coffee. Uh-huh. Beelzebuzz. Oh. Some sort of pun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know why Christians need their own thing. Justin made a really funny comment earlier. He's like, this isn't, this isn't a financially feasible <laughs> or sustainable business idea. <laughs> Like clubs make their money on which alcohol. Which I love. Which I love. Because I mean, and like also it's LA. So they're going to be charging like what? 15 to $18 for a juice mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. That's just to keep the lights on. You know? Right. Right. We're going to have a cover anyway, charge yeah. for our organic techno worship set. I don't know. And like there are a lot of Christians that sincerely believe dancing is evil. Yeah. <laughs> like... When I went to Bible college, dancing was not allowed. Like you could get expelled for for dancing. Yeah, we we would like like the kids in Footloose. We would sneak away to go dancing in Indianapolis. Like, oh my god, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. And it was always like a big deal when one of the pastor's daughters got married because they couldn't do like a father daughter dance because it was against the rules. Oh jeez. Like I don't understand. Like okay. So if you're not doing father-daughter dances, you're not dancing, okay? That's just not okay. So you crossed out a non-zero amount of Christians. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I wasn't going to some, like, little tiny church. Like, this is, like, a big denomination. And I know that, like, Assemblies of God is not the only denomination that's anti-dancing. So, again, I don't know what these people are doing. But maybe, Justin, mm-hmm. theory, this just came into my head right now. Maybe there is something going on inside of like evangelicalism right now 
that is like trying to find this like middle path ish, mm-hmm. like millennials trying to find this like I don't want to be all the way into like the churchy bullshit necessarily, but I'm I'm still a Christian. I still want people to know that I'm a Christian. I'm just gonna post like Bible verses on my social media or whatever. But like, uh, and I'm still gonna be hateful, but I'm not that kind of Christian. It's like a faux progressive. Mm-hmm. White evangelical Christian, I feel like maybe that's a thing that's happening because I see weird behavior that like doesn't align with like progressive Christianity or progressivism at all, but also is like kind of rejecting a lot of the uh, sort of stuffiness of a lot of older traditions, like Protestant traditions. Yeah, there's there's a couple of churches. There's one like here in the short north that like, you know, and it's it's kind of all over. It's a church that's like. Yeah, like we're cool, we're hip. We'll, we'll we'll have a Christian nightclub, but like don't be gay and you know, <laughs> like they're just yeah, but it's right. like it's like we're cool, we're edgy. We drink IPAs, you know, like but like when you look at their theology, they're like you're like just like John MacArthur. <laughs> you know. See, okay, I think this is what I think that I am saying is like it's very light on theology. Hmm. Right? It's like the it's like the Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, Hillsong, L.A. That thing. Oh yeah, okay. That I think is happening because, mm-hmm. like, with us, it was definitely like, oh, whatever. Like, so and so pastor like drinks beer at the bar down the street after preaching a sermon, and you can just like go and hang out with him, and like he cusses or whatever. And I think for our generation, like that was very true. But I think for like people who are a little bit younger, maybe still technically millennials. There does seem to be something that's like very like theology light, very like it's still broy. It's still like broy Christianity, mm-hmm. but not as hard up on the rules necessarily. Because again, it's like yeah, we we like want to be cool in a way, but we're not going to like completely break off from church. It's it's weird. It's like this form of cultural Christianity that I have not. I don't think I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Yeah, it it would be interesting to see where it, but it's also like it is odd because they're like we we don't drink. We have no drinks here. Like <laughs> like they were very clear about no drinks. Yeah. Like yeah. no drinks, no sex. Like we're just going to be at the club. Like well, you take Doing away dr- what? You take away drink. I mean, like I haven't done that much clubbing in my life. But as I understand it, if you take away the drinks and the sex, like and the and I miss I guess they're dancing, but so I suppose there's that. But it's like, what are you doing when you're not dancing? <laughs> like drinking juice. Drinking like a toddler. Drinking communion juice. Like <laughs> got my juice box. Got my Jesus juice. So I, oh, I, I, more to come, I guess. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. keep our yeah, maybe so. We'll keep our maybe so ears to the ground on this late breaking cultural trend that is the Christian nightclub. <laughs> which is just an underage nightclub for people in their 30s. It, I can't find any differences. I, you know, I again, I to your point, you know, if you're a 28 to 33-year-old man or woman that got kicked out of more than one underage nightclub, um <laughs> this is the spot for you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. For the people that got kicked out of of underage nightclubs. This is the perfect perfect place. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> this is so bad. That's terrible. 
<laughs> but God told them to do it. So God told them to do it. They have they have to they have to they have to power through. Um, and, and just trust the Lord. What's the over under? And maybe I'm wrong. What's the over under on when we I looked I saw that TikTok you sent or that video you sent that that's their actual cadence of speech versus that's them pretending to be clubby people. I don't know. That was really hard for me to tell. Like either. Okay. So the way that the way that I read it was it was I didn't read it as being like kind of. I think the tweet even said it was like appropriation of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I felt like it was more like, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if, if I saw this person on the street, I would assume that she was Latina. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't assume that she was white. She looks white, but just like her, the, her presentation. Mm-hmm. That might have been what and primed like, me to think it was appropriative because like the, the, the tweet or whatever that I saw, like kind of said that and I was like, oh, but it just. Right, right. And I don't, I mean, there, it was, it was weird. Like it felt forced for sure. Like it felt like, <laughs> okay. If you're a person of color, please forgive me for saying this, but you also know exactly what I'm fucking talking about. It very much seemed like a person who was like raised middle class, like in a middle class white neighborhood who just happens to be Latina, not like a Latina person. <laughs> like, like that was my, again, that was my read of it. That might not be the case. She might be a white person. I don't have any fucking clue, but it was very weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's how she normally talks or not. And, I and it seemed like she told her boyfriend, yes. husband, whatever, to just, husband, can you husband. say yo-yo after everything I say? Like, and then just like bob around just behind bob. me like a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, <laughs> it, it, it kind of felt like they're like, we need to do the impression of what we think people that go to clubs act and look like so that it will right. attract people right. that go to clubs to our club for people that don't go to clubs. Like, uh-uh. This is it's so destined to crash, crash and burn. And I. Oh my gosh. I, I guess I'm just like old. I would rather just like get crazy at a friend's house and just stay up all night and like drink and dance and do drugs or whatever. Yeah. Like in the comfort <laughs> of someone's home. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like I would so much rather do that than go to a club. But whatever. Yeah. Again, I'm old now. I have so. to pay to get in here and I have to drive home after this. No, no. absolutely not. I'm like, I need to be able to fucking walk home or sleep on your couch. Mm-hmm. These need to be my <laughs> options or what we're mm-hmm. not. No. Yeah. Luckily, I have luckily I have a friend who lives four blocks away there. where this is a possible possibility. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So um, stay safe this holiday season and party at home. Yeah. If possible. Yes. If possible, please, please do that. Okay. Um, All right. We're going to take a capitalism break. And then uh, we're going to talk about uh, the reason for the season, which is uh, human sacrifice. So stay tuned. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth. And this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for uh, putting up with the ads. You are always welcome to join us on Patreon and skip all of the ad bullshit. Or maybe you're being blessed by the ads. Hard to say. Either way, if you like the show and you want to support it, you can head over to patreon.com slash go home Bible and sign up and hang out on our discord and get a life first. If you sign up at a youth pastor tier, uh, that's given to you by us through God, through God, by us, whatever, whatever the words are. And, um, yeah, you can keep, keep forever, keep for the rest of your life. And yeah, patreon.com slash go home Bible. If you can't do that, or if you can, if you could just write a nice little five-star review, that would also be incredibly appreciated. Because, yeah, reviews actually go a long way because of the maths yeah. and algorithms and what have you. Um, our, so if you have done those Lord. things, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're, we all worship the fucking algorithm. Uh, if you've done those things, thank you so much. We adore you. You're amazing people. And you're the reason the show exists. And, uh, yeah, Justin. Yeah. Um, so we have a sponsor I mentioned earlier, uh, the Our Bible app. Uh, Our Bible app is, it's an app with the Bible on it, but it's also much more than that. Um, because I think all of us at one point probably had questions about how you fit into the Christian community or if you even fit at all, or do you fit or do we even, do you even want to fit? Because it's, Christianity can be toxic. It can be all these things. But I think the question we ask is, does it need to be? And mm-hmm. and I think we all crave community of some kind and some people crave spiritual community. And the Our Bible app is really here to help facilitate that, to help you have that spiritual community and to have that connection with folks without all of the garbage and the baggage that we're all trying to ditch. So you can explore a community that is sex positive, anti-racist, feminist, affirming of LGBTQIA people, unlike the state of Florida. Um, <laughs> interfaith social justice oriented and all the things Uh, you could download it today and gain access to hundreds of uh, daily devotionals writings and things written by people that have been on this show and also um, vetted lists of podcasts of this podcast is also on that list as well as many others so download the app subscribe ditch the toxic toxic theology and uh, check it out so we will have links in the description um, and you can also just go to any of your various app stores and do our O-U-R, Bible, app, and it'll pop up and you can go from there. So thanks for sponsoring this episode. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to it. So it's near Christmas time-ish when this episode will air. And what is the reason for the season, Tori? I mean, I don't know. It depends on like what mood you're in, I think, based on the um, the amount of different kinds of storytelling that happens at the beginning of all of the gospels. I think it really, really depends on what kind of a mood you're in. You might be in like a murdering mood. Fair. Who knows? I will, however, say Jesus was not a Capricorn. So we need to like ditch this date that we've chosen because it is incorrect. No. <laughs> yeah, no, the reason for the season, there was a star that some people followed because that's how stars work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And now we create a lot of waste pretending to like people we don't like that much. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. We pretend we worship. We worship uh, worship at the altar of capitalism and say we're 
worshiping Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's a role. It's it's a it's a whole thing. Well, I, you know, I want to get back to the roots of Christmas, which mm-hmm. I believe is human sacrifice. <laughs> from from time to time, the tree of liberty must be something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, agreed. I, I have sat through so many <laughs> Christmas sermons. This this actually used to bother me when I was a pastor, where mm. they would talk about the birth of Jesus like for a, a hot second, and then jump straight to like he was born to die. You know, it's like just let leave the baby Jesus in the manger for one night. Like, can we yeah. just have this? Yeah you know, yeah. symbol of hope and niceness and whatever without you bringing, dragging this cross in here and putting this baby on it. Like, that's just not okay. <laughs> like, but, but, they can't. but they're obsessed. They can't do it. They're obsessed. And I think that's because the Bible is obsessed with human sacrifice a little bit. Like, kind of a lot. Kind of a lot, maybe. Um, a distressing amount. You know, I don't know, like... Yeah, Similar, it might not be a lot, a lot, but a distressing amount. The Bible is into human sacrifice in the same way Bridget Ziegler is into women, you know, like publicly. Oh, it's terrible. But when you peel back the curtain a little bit, really mm-hmm. into it. And so that's kind of how I feel the Bible is. But it's it's under the surface, you know, like a little bit like evangelical it's fake morality. <laughs> It's underground. It's underground. So uh, I wanted to talk about it a little bit um, because, yes. you know, again, we've we've actually brought this up a couple times over the last year, and I I feel like we just wanted to kind of dive into it because the the centerpiece of the thing is a human sacrifice, like mm-hmm. and and I don't and we don't talk about that enough. We don't. We really don't. We like that was an okay one because it was God doing it. I, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that one. But also, that one counted because he was blameless. What? <laughs> like, well, I mean, it didn't. It didn't count, though, right? It doesn't. It, it wasn't a. It wasn't evil because he never sinned. Yeah. So if you kill someone means, that hasn't sinned, that's not a bad. What? You're like, well, actually, he just really deserved. He should have seen it coming. Let's say that you, you uh, poke no. at the religious establishment. You get hung on the cross. That's what happens. Like that was his fault. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to agree. I don't love it. But then we also get to, you know, we, we have, also, we have Christmas and nailing baby Jesus to a cross. We also, we also, we also get to have like our Christian like blood cult cannibalism service once a month. Mm-hmm. That again, it's. It's weird. Like that's that's not normal. Like we it feels normal because we all know the thing, but it's really not normal. <laughs> yeah, like Jesus told people to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Like and and the Bible records people thinking that was weird. Like <laughs> because they're like uh there's no siege of Jerusalem yet, bro. Like we don't have to talk about cannibalism for a couple decades no. still. <laughs> like chill on the cannibalism like and yeah and it's actually funny because in that passage in john's like many disciples left him well of course you would like and then like and then, i've got i don't have a lot to do but i don't do cannibalism like that's a line that's a line I for do, me do uh, you know i there are a lot of religious cults i would join 
frankly, maybe for fun. Like there's this yeah, Creed Bratton from The Office. Like he's like, I've been in a lot of cults. You make more money as a leader. You have more fun as a follower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Totally. Um, I would I would totally join a kombucha-based cult. So if any of you know of one, mm-hmm. please let me know. Not really interested in the like eating people cults. Yeah, no. <laughs> that seems no. you want to worship the mother. I get it. So Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, human sacrifice. What is what is the what are what are some of the human sacrifices in the Bible? Well, okay, so this idea came up because I'd forgotten how much human sacrifice there actually was in the Bible. And that's weird. (laughs) But I think that it's because, like you said, it's so normalized Mm -hmm. that we just don't really like we we make we make Christmas about it. And I, I don't know what to do. Obviously, I knew about Abraham and Isaac. Which I guess doesn't count, but only on a technicality. Mm hmm. I think that that is, I think that's really weird. And, and, and it's interesting because like the Bible says, like in the Bible, God says that he hates human sacrifice, which to me, I feel like kind of contradicts him telling Abraham to sacrifice his son, even though it was just a test of faith and not like a real thing that he wanted him to do. I don't, that's not how people behave. I, I don't know anyone who behaves that way. If there's something that you hate mm-hmm. and then you like force someone to go and like do the thing that you hate. And then you're like at the last minute, like psych, but also someone, someone could die. I don't know. That's like, a that, psychopath. Like, right. Right. Like yes. If, like if Abraham like had like, a, like a, what a quarter inch more faith, like Isaac would be dead. <laughs> a quarter inch more faith. <laughs> you know, like, if he was just a little bit more of a believer and did it a little bit faster. If he'd been like, you might you might be Satan. I'm doing this anyway. Mm-hmm. You're tempting me to not murder my son. See, um, and I do that, think this. Sorry, that actually brings up an interesting thing. Like the weird kind of like, I don't know what it's called. Double think or like uh, not double think. Cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. I'm just making up words now, but like. Abraham easily could have been like, this ram is here to tempt me away from doing the thing I'm supposed to do. That God told me to do. You know, like, yeah, that that would be a valid interpretation of what was happening. You know, this is the last temptation, you know. And so, right. like, it's and, and how many times have I gotten in nuts? Not not exactly that situation. <laughs> Let me be clear. But like where it was like, oh, I felt like I wanted me to do something and like something was something normal was telling me not to. Like maybe I didn't have enough money or something. It was like, oh, this mm. is this is this is a test. This you is know, a test. You know, I, I know of families that, you know, like, you know, decided to be missionaries and have faced nothing but like normal setbacks, like not getting visas and whatever. And like, mm-hmm. how many of those are you going to have? You know, like, oh, and my child's now sick. And oh, like now, my, you know, like oh, all these awful yeah. things are happening to my family. Like, and like, but it's interpreted as like a test from Satan or like a, an attack from Satan or a test from God or something. And not just like right. good information that's telling you maybe mm-hmm. this isn't the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That was just, you said that and it was just an interesting kind of like. There's no way uh, to okay, win. So, yeah, that's true. I was trying to think of anything that would be even remotely analogous to God doing this fake out human sacrifice with Abraham and Isaac. And I couldn't really think 
of anything. But like what the, your comment about like, you'd have to be a psychopath to do something like this mm-hmm. to someone. Right. And like the thing, the closest that I could get, and this is really messed up, but evangelical parents are really messed up. And a lot of them have some issues with like violence that they probably should get looked at. The closest thing that I can think of. Okay. So God says, I hate human sacrifice. Evangelical parents. They're like, we hate trans people. So I'm going to force my kid to be trans to test them. And we're going to go all the way to the operate. This doesn't happen, by the way. This is not a real thing. You cannot, you cannot have a doctor just randomly change your kids, your kid's gender because you felt like it one day. This is not real. Just not so we're clear. Thing. This is fake. This is a fake scenario. But I'm thinking about like what would what would this look like for an evangelical parent to do to their child? Because evangelical parents love torturing their children. That's just a true. And so I was like, oh, what if an evangelical parent was like, you need to change your gender. I'm going to take you to the doctor. We're going to do this thing. You're, I, God told me you are not a boy. You're a girl. And then like you get your kid all the way to the fucking OR and you're like, psych. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to see if you were going to believe in me. Yeah, I was just, just testing you. Yeah, just wanted to see if you would be, you know, really faithful or not. Like an obedient kid. You were going to Oh yeah, obey me with like a good attitude. <laughs> Even though I was telling you to do this horrible wrong thing, horrible to, you know, to, to them, to, them, to yes. them, right? Like something that they they feel is wrong, right? Yeah. Which again, this isn't even a thing that happens, so it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, that was like the closest that I could come up with and I was like this is deranged. Like the fact that I had to even try to conjure up something this bizarre and abusive is like messed up. Incredibly but, messed but up. But we're just, but we're just supposed to sort of just be okay with this Abraham and Isaac story, which again, this is like this is the problem with reading the Bible with this like flat, one-dimensional black and white lens, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not, you're not interrogating it. Yeah, you're not asking, like, what else could this have meant, right? Like, I think that the little bit that I've read of, of from like. Jewish scholars on the story, they interpret it in in multiple different ways. And like, I don't think any of them are great in terms of like apologetics or whatever. I think that they all fall really short, but they're all way better than anything you and I were taught in church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're actually showing up with some like intellectual integrity, I think. I don't know. But it is, yeah. again, it's like, and that's just like the prep. That's just like the, okay, here we go. Got to get you in the mood for human sacrifice because we got some stuff coming up in this book that really sucks. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things. It's a, it's a story that like there's not there's not a way to interpret it where like it's not still incredibly problematic. I think maybe the there's, least. There's no pro- good guy. Yeah. There's no way to interpret it with a good guy, I don't think. No, there's not. Like. And I think the least problematic one that I have read is that it was God trying to show Abraham that he is not like the kind of God that demands human sacrifice because Abraham is so willing to just go with it. Like, oh, God's demand. Yeah, human sacrifices. doesn't even question it. Doesn't even question it. But, you know, like, all right, well, all right, this is what gods do. And then God's like, no, I'm a different kind of God. But it's also like that isn't in the text. Right. That's an interpretation. And there are also other ways to communicate that information. True. Like, just just saying, hey, you're going to want to sacrifice your son. Don't do that. I'm not into that. Right. Just, you could, you. it would actually be less words and less stress. 
mm-hmm. for everyone if yeah. you would have just said that. Yep. And not like given detailed instructions on how to bind up Isaac and carry him up a mountain. <laughs> uh-huh. You could just say like, hey, I'm never actually going to ask you to do that. Right. Ever. Here's a, yeah, here's a just, goat. Just so, just so you know. Here's just a goat. Just so you know. I think that this is also one of those situations where it's like, okay, the Bible is not... The Bible is not a cohesive narrative and God is not just one dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think that you can say, I hate this thing and then tell, and then be like, tell somebody who follows you like, oh, you got to go do this thing that I hate because I said so. And it's just a test of your faith. Like, but I don't, that just, nothing about that adds up to yeah, me like, at all. And honestly, I think it's, you bring up an interesting point that I, I think, you know, particularly in the first five books of the Bible, the character of God feels very much cobbled together from multiple sources. Right. And and I and I and this isn't even like ooh, atheist atheist Justin trying to ruin your fun. Like if you believe in God, like and you believe in the story of Christ, great, good for you. I think we still have to wrestle with the fact that the character of God in the Old Testament is cobbled together from multiple different sources that mm-hmm. are contradictory and weird and and the character that we plop out at the end in Jesus like is is a fine guy for the most part but yeah. how yeah. we got there was a mess and 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 that's okay and i i honestly think that that jewish people have found a way to wrestle with that and make it interesting mm-hmm. and make it generative and good right. Uh, right christians have not for the most part they don't really have a need to right like they can just use the violent bits and that works for their theology mm-hmm. i feel like uh i don't know that's, that's just that's just that's just my read on it yeah but i had uh i'd completely i'd completely blocked out the other the other the real the real human sacrifice in the bible yeah the judges like, 11 <laughs> yeah judges 11 yeah i i think i completely just like flushed that it was like nope that's that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, we I think we mentioned it like two or three weeks ago, like in our contradictions episode, but it's it's like it's a messed up story. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and 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 other than like having to sacrifice his child, Depta Which he should not have done. Which he should not have done, doesn't really like doesn't really like get a lot of consequences. He really doesn't. And it's weird. Like, okay, so the way that the way that it's kind of put together in the actual text is strange because it literally said like right before he makes this vow to that where he says, if you give me a victory over the Ammonites, I will give the Lord the first thing coming out of my house to greet me when I return in triumph. Mm-hmm. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So it's like, first, did you think like a snake was going to be the first thing coming? Like, what did you think was going to be coming out of your house? But like, literally the verse before he like make like the line before he makes this pronouncement is at that time, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah and then he went throughout all the land and led an army against the Ammonites. So as soon as like, as soon as he's quote unquote filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, I'm going to kill somebody i'm going to offer a burnt sacrifice to the lord and it's like it's coming out of my house right so yes lots of people slept with their animals in their homes and whatever but it's a mixed bag at best 
yeah, you're really you're really playing the odds here. Like Right? And and I don't know of very many goats that just like come out and greet you at the same frequency that a child would. Yes. Like Exactly. Like as a parent, if you or if you have a pet, like you know how your kids or your pets behave and get all excited when you come home at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? Also, you went off to fucking war. So hopefully anybody who lives in your home is ecstatic that you came home mm-hmm. <laughs> and would be running out to meet you. Yeah. So he comes back from playing war. Presumably his family is going to be like stupid excited that he's not dead. Mm-hmm. And like, even if you think your parent is annoying or abusive, you're still going to be legitimately emotionally invested in them not dying in war. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, it's your dad. There's no safety nets. If he dies, you're fucked. So then, like, his daughter comes running out to meet him. And yes, I'm saying this was premeditated murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Any good dad would either, like, repent or go tell God to go fuck himself or set yourself on fire instead because you've done fucked up. Like, period. Yeah. You're a shitty dad. Yeah. And you, this is like a premeditated murder. And he's like, oh, so sad because I, what? And it's like, no, you're not because you still did it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, let God come and get you and have your wife right. chase him away with a foreskin. Like, like, you have options. There, there are options to keep the Lord away. <laughs> like, Oh, man. So, like, yeah, this, this is where, again, it just, like, some of the stuff, it, just, it strains credibility, and it strains, mm-hmm. like, again, like, cohesive narrative. And I, and I think, I mean, this is this is a story that, that is used as a story of mourning for women, like, because it's this, this daughter. Because women should always be in mourning. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, it's, but it's. It's like, it's, if we terrorize them, they'll just always be sad and scared. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Yeah, because I think the story says, to this day, the daughters of Jerusalem go mm-hmm. out into the hills and mourn for Jephthah's daughter, who's not even fucking named. Like, it, it, so it's like, why? Like, why, why, why is it in the Bible? Why is it mm-hmm. somewhat? I mean, it's, it's, it's not celebrated. It is sort of like has the air of a cautionary tale, like in the sense of like, don't make dumbass oaths. But like, yeah. but, but no consequences, no repercussions. Mm-hmm. The Lord's not mad at mm-hmm. him. And then, you know, right. later when, um, the Lord doesn't smite him for offering a human sacrifice, which he says he hates. Yeah. I mean, but, but even the Lord's not consistent. Cause like Judah and Ahaz or, or, or no, sorry, Kings of Judah, Ahaz and Manasseh, they sacrificed their sons and God was big mad about it. Like, <laughs> Well, it's because they were boys, you know, Justin. That's fair. I, I, like, yeah, I failed to the see going rate for sons, very different. Yeah. Very different. You can sacrifice a daughter or three, but not a son. No, no sons. Mm-mm. That's my job. Only I can kill sons, <laughs> says the Lord. Um, yeah, I just I find it to be. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I'm like, it, why why how does how did this last this long why is this in the book mm-hmm. still yeah i imagine thomas Erase jefferson took this one out <laughs> that's what i would recommend yeah i would recommend just removing this one entirely all right so so now we get to the best human sacrifice the 
big bad the big the good human the human, human sacrifice to sacrifice. end all human sacrifices oh this makes me want to like this makes me want to make kids books but they're like honest bible kids books so they're not actually for children because that would yeah. be not appropriate no like it it honestly does boggle my mind a bit that the human sacrifice question when it comes to Jesus is not brought up enough. Right. Like again, because it's, it's in, in a lot of evangelical circles, which are, you know, influenced largely by Calvinism, which mm-hmm. is that, you know, God's wrath burns against humanity. We are, we have, you know, sin and like, and the way it is taught is that, God is is unable to forgive you without the shedding of blood. Mm-hmm. Like is completely unable to. Now, I I do think there there are passages of scripture and there are in, in you know um there are traditions of interpretation that would disagree with this, but I'm right. just the the evangelical the the good news, quote unquote, that we were taught <laughs> was that God's wrath burns against you and that he can't. He can't forgive you if there's sin. So, and the only way to get rid of sin is through blood. And the best blood comes from a perfect human. You know? Like. But okay, okay, okay. But I have a question. Can I interrupt really quickly? No, no, when you're fine. we're Go talking about like the the way to do it is is through blood. Okay. So there's there to me, I feel like there's a lot going on here. I'm like, first of all, if it's just blood, you could have used leeches. <laughs> like it mm-hmm. doesn't matter how it comes out. Like, if that's all that you're saying, right? So what you're telling me is it's got to be like the blood part and the torture part. It can't just yeah. be and some the like, death. right. But like, a, like an excessive, like an excessively brutal death. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. And it's like, I don't, I don't think that God can be constrained by anything, but his own decisions. <laughs> and even those don't stick a lot of the time. Yeah. Like God changes his mind all the time. Like, and, and again, was against human sacrifice, but also definitely blessed it a few times. Yeah. That the big flush in yeah. Genesis. Yeah. What the was that? Flush. So yeah, it's just, it's like, it's like, so God can't like, I'm able to forgive people without the shedding of blood. But you're not holy. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, you know, and, and that's what I just like. And again, like if we go back to good parenting, mm-hmm. like if I have a child that's genuinely sorrowful for something. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. Dad is unable to forgive you without. I'm not going to use blood sacrifice. for. <laughs> um, I have to without, blood atone you. I was I was gonna go there, and then I was like, I just can't. I'm sorry. No, no. Dad is unable to forgive you without significant monetary recompense. You know, compensation. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so son, you lied to me. Um, that's gonna be about forty five dollars. Like, which to a three year old is like an impossible amount, amount of money. An impossible amount of money. You know, totally. Like, like, and and Dad is unable to forgive you without right. that. Right. You know, and it's like that. That you're a terrible dad, <laughs> you know, like this is some, like rich dad, poor dad nonsense. Like, oh my god, right? Don't read that book; it's terrible. Unless you want to be a terrible human being. Uh, anyway, 
but like no like no like this is no like like i forgive my kids because that's because they're not even because it's the right thing to do it's because they're my children right (laughs) right like it's like it's it even in some ways transcends right and wrong you know yeah i'll forgive my kids of awful things you know you know like you know so it's like it's not a but but god just like eh. so i need blood sorry (laughs) just i'm I'm on i'm on a blood thing right now you wouldn't understand (laughs) yeah just i'm on a blood cleanse um (laughs) I need lots of it. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. I hate that. Yeah, it is. That's like, a Chris that's Christianity like in a nutshell. It's a blood cleanse. <laughs> it's a lot of blood cleanse. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm doing a three day blood cleanse this weekend. Really hate my kid. <laughs> No, that's I. That's such a great point, and that's something that I struggled with, like as a as a kid before I had children of my own. Very much it was just like okay, but if I if I can do if I can forgive my kids, like what is what is God's problem? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like you're just so small and worthless, and you don't understand. Like your your brain is just like whatever. It's a junky meat computer. It's 95% ape anyway. Like, you just don't get it. You can't under God's ways are higher than your way. Whatever. It's like, okay, but yeah, God's ways are higher than my ways. But God also has, like, more options than I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Approximately an infinite number more options than I will ever have. So why this one? Mm-hmm. And, like, why are you, like, people? people are, like, born, like, this is, it's predatory lending. People are born into this system that mm. they cannot work their way out of. You don't give yeah. them a choice, right? Like there's no consent. You're giving them, a, you're handing them a debt and saying, you owe this debt, right? Like Paul was going on and on about slavery when we were reading Galatians. It's like you're born into the world owing a debt to your master of like all of your, all of your labor for your entire life you didn't you didn't sign up for this it was just how it happened you were born this way this is a good system everybody wins Mm -hmm. like what why right like i think that even in even in the story of jesus ostensibly at least the way that it's presented to us jesus technically consented to dying on the cross yeah like that's how it's presented he didn't he didn't necessarily have to didn't want to you know, but ultimately it was, it was, it seems like it was his choice, at least shitty, shitty choices, I guess. But, but still, but yeah, like when you're, if you're like born into the world and it's just like, you're just handed a bill of like, for being born, for the sin of being born, you owe like Mm $250,000 and you like can't eat or feed your, you can't feed yourself. You can't have a place to, you can't do anything until you pay this back. And it's like, well, this isn't, Mm -hmm. That system doesn't, that's not a system that would work, right? It's just you're exploiting people at that point. I don't know. It's just, it's really, if I'm going to worship a God who has some sort of a system, I need it to be more intelligent than like what a crypto bro would come up with. (laughs) Like put more thought into it than that. That's Mm -hmm. like my, that's like my line, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
because yeah. <laughs> otherwise, why are we here? Yeah. Is is this more compelling than the pitch I have in my DMs to buy crypto? Yes. Like, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, and it's and it's honestly, it's. I was just thinking of this. Like, it's kind of like the premise of capitalism itself. Like, you're born into this system. Yeah, and you're already in debt. Yep. Yeah. And you're going to go in debt every single day mm-hmm. um, just to live. And it doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't even matter if you win. Right. Like, right. You're still stuck. And it's like, I don't know, these things that they weave together in this odd way. And it's like, that that's not good news, you know? Uh-huh. Like, you know, and it's not good news. It's like, well, we have the cure. We can get all your debts wiped. But it really doesn't take effect until after you die. Like. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Evangelicals. And I think that slavery really corrupted this. Evangelicals do not understand what good news is. Like that's one of those mm-hmm. terms that they use that just has no real application to anything. Right. That that the idea of telling an enslaved person, hey, I have good news. When you're done working for me, when I work you to literal fucking death and tear your family apart, you get to go to heaven and it's going to be amazing and you're going to love it so much. Your life is going to be wonderful. So just keep on trucking until you're dead. Like you don't understand, you don't understand the mm-hmm. meaning of the words good news. Yeah. Like, like, like when Jesus quotes Isaiah, he's like, I came to bring good news to the poor. Like evangelicals think that means... You get to be a slave your whole life and then you die. Mm-hmm. Like that is their definition be, yeah. of good news for someone who is poor. Yeah. You're poor because of your choices. Um, <laughs> but when you die, you get to go to heaven. Just like me. I mean, I'll have a bigger mansion than you. But but just because I worked harder. That's fine. This is because the Lord loves me more. And he loves me more. You can tell because I was born into wealth and you were not. God damn, the gospel and capitalism really did get intertwined. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, I, and I, I, I can admire people that are really trying to unfuck the system. I, I can appreciate that. And, and I honestly, some, even in the small ways that we like poke fun at it, I hope in some ways we're able to poke fun at it. And some people can be like, yeah, this, this doesn't make sense. I'll try to make it better. I hope that that's a role we can serve. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. In some ways. Because it's like, because it, it, it's, that's just, yeah, it's just fundamentally not good news. Like, and it's also like, hey, Christ died for you, shed his blood for you. Like, did I ask for that? <laughs> he didn't actually have to do that. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't ask anyone to do that for me. <laughs> no, there is not a single person that I would go like, hey, I am real hard up here. I'm going to need you to die on a cross for me. Could you do that for me? Like, no. Andrew Jackson. I mean, there are people that I'd be like, <laughs> would I would enjoy the spectacle. Could you please? Would you do me the honors? Dying yeah. on a cross. Yeah, dying on a cross. <laughs> it wouldn't Fair, even fucking kill him. That man was unkillable. Anyway, he, going on. Truly, truly. He would have bragged about it later. God damn it. It's the wrong and choice. Part anyway. of the lore. <laughs> you know. It's probably the only president that could have beat Teddy Roosevelt in a fist fight was Andrew Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, but it's just like, I, I didn't ask for you to do that. Like, I didn't like and even like the language of blood sacrifice, like probably was really potent two, two and a half thousand years ago. Yeah, like, definitely not relevant to my experience. Like, can you find better news to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> OK, I have something is coming to mind now, if you don't mind me interjecting, but go for it. Like you're, we're talking about how how like the good news and capitalism have been super intertwined, but something else that's really interesting to me is this idea that because we were always told God's ways are higher than our ways, and that's why we can't understand things like the cross, like the crucifixion was supposed to. You know, it's like you can't really comprehend it because God is holy and you're not, and we just we're mm-hmm. given this list of excuses, <laughs> honestly. Mm-hmm. But something else that's interesting, like if. If that's true, if God's ways are higher than our ways, why was God using like just the typical ways of the time in the Roman Empire, like the ways that were pretty not interesting or higher than any other ways? Like, wouldn't you do something that was not just copying like the powers that be? Like, Mm. why would you make it indistinguishable from? Again, like, 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 like people who like the two thieves, <laughs> why would you yeah, make it look Jesus, exactly the same? If you, if you, if you have so many options, why, why would you use this? Why choose that system again? Yeah. And, and innocent people were killed by the Roman empire every day. Right. Like, like, and the thieves on the cross, probably there weren't three people on crosses that day. There were probably a long line of people. Mm-hmm. We just know about them because they were on the right and the left. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. it's Rome killed a lot of people, <laughs> you know. So and, why would God use ideas that the Romans came up with? That's a good question. If his ways are higher than our ways, then I mean, for me. Like, just think about like what that would look like for you or me, like what something that we can't actually do. But like someday it might seem might seem just like normal everyday life. Right. Like the fact that you and I are looking at each other, even though we're mm-hmm. twenty five hundred miles apart. Yeah. Right. That is not a thing that anybody ever would believe. Right. Like that would be fucking magic mm-hmm. for ninety nine point nine 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 percent of human history. Mm-hmm. that's not a yeah. real thing. Right? So God could have zoomed in like, like done a literal zoom yeah. with the Roman emperor. Yeah. And that would be God's ways being higher than our ways. Right. You know? Right. But, but like, it's... I, it, it, well, even, I, I don't know, like, I just, I'm sorry, we're going to ruin Christmas. Um, or we really are. Like the idea of like God becoming man, like not unique. <laughs> gods became people and had babies with people in the roman empire that was a that was a pretty common story yeah like not not unique and and Mm -hmm. those kids having to undergo trials that that god devised for them to like become Mm -hmm. something better or different like again not unique like not you know i mean so like and and again this isn't even to say like the jesus story is like not true but it's just like it, it 
It's not original. It's not that original. I mean, it's in, mm-hmm. I, and I think there are a lot of in things that have been done with it in ways that it is subverted empire in unique ways that I find fascinating and good and I support. Mm-hmm. But it's also like the material that we're working from was cobbled together mm-hmm. from existing material right. and existing tropes and existing right. ways of telling stories and existing, you know, like, you know, the intro to Jesus being, you know, Christ, the son of God, like the emperor was known as the son of God, mm-hmm. you know, and those exact words. And so yeah. like, I and and it can be a beautiful story, but it's also like, yeah, if God's ways are higher than our ways and God doesn't use the ways of man, like, well, the gospels are pretty great examples of first century Greco Roman, of man, <laughs> you know, or Hellenistic Jewish storytelling yeah. tropes. Like yeah. it's, uh-huh. I don't know. I'm just saying I have questions. It doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It feels like, it feels like if I drove up to your house and I like handed you the keys to like a Ford Escape, like a 1999 Ford Escape. And I was like, you're never going to believe the car that I brought you. This is going to blow your fucking mind. It's going to change your life, Justin. You don't understand. Because mm-hmm. my ways are higher than your ways. You're just not going to be able to comprehend what I'm doing right now. It's like, mm-hmm. thanks, I guess. Like. You know, yeah, maybe you can the, sell the it and get like a, doesn't roll down anymore. Totally, and... totally. It's like maybe you can sell it and get like a couple thousand bucks for it if it's in good condition. Great, wonderful. But I've not done anything original or like blown your fucking mind <laughs> with like mm-hmm. this incredibly innovative gift that you did not ask for, and I just like pulled it out of the sky. <laughs> that's what it feels like to me. That's mm-hmm. what that's what the crucifixion feels like. This is just like, thanks, I guess. Didn't really need that. Didn't ask for it. It's not special. What are you trying to say here? Yeah. So I, uh, yeah. So we should title this episode, Justin and Tori Ruined Christmas. We uh, should. <laughs> the great, the great Ford Escape. The great Ford Escape. <laughs> just. Make that a meme. I know. <laughs> like, uh, here's here's your 1999 Ford Escape. You're never gonna believe how amazing this thing is. Yep, this car changed my life. No, this car is gonna change the world. Yeah, even the people the who world. don't see this car, their lives are gonna be changed by this car. Mm-hmm. And if they don't accept the gift of this car, eternal hellfire for them. <laughs> It's so dramatic. It's so like it's just it's so dramatic. I should we yeah, we should make like a little button. Tori bought a nineteen ninety nine Ford Escape for you. For my sins. <laughs> for your sins. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the same amount of sense. <laughs> yeah, I, yikes. I think you're right. <laughs> oh man so um i don't know where we go from here i think we're maybe we're done maybe we're done i don't know (laughs) i I feel like i i didn't realize that could deconstruct more (laughs) but we found some (laughs) like 
Holy shit. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh. It's it's so funny. Like it just I don't know. I I just really if you're going to like blow my mind, like do something that not every Joe Schmo down the block is going to do. Mhm. And tell me that it's like some sort of weird miracle or what I was like I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm asking for that much, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that Jesus should have been turned into stone for three days. Something interesting, though. Yeah. Sapphire, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I mean even just falling asleep for three days. like. <laughs> well, yeah, but they would have thought he was like, he would have been in a coma. They would have thought he was dead. I don't know. Like, I don't know. even though yeah. it's, it's kind of a fake out, <laughs> I feel like. I mean, I, I feel like, like. Odin like hung from a tree for like nine days, like to gain wisdom and then like plucked his own eye out. Like mm. that's badass. So yeah, it's pretty that's yeah, that's pretty hardcore for sure. Again, didn't ask for it, but no it's pretty hardcore. I mean and he did that. I mean, this is what I appreciate about Papa Odin, if I can just say this for a moment. Like do it. He sacrificed himself for himself to himself, like, because he just thought he was that good. (laughs) You know, like, definitely the arrogant bastard amongst gods, but like, at least he knows it and owns it. Mm -hmm. I feel like Yahweh needs to go to therapy to even be of the emotional maturity of Odin, like, right, which is saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. And with that, (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to close this out. (laughs) Okay. I love it. So enjoy this reflection on human sacrifice and the meaning of Christmas. Uh, Yeah. Our, our, our solstice gift to you is deconstructing you even more than you knew you could be deconstructed. (laughs) I have been, I have been laid bare. (laughs) oh my gosh so good alright have a good one see you next week First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.